Uh, what's up, Mike? What's up, Walker? Should we do this? Let's do it. Welcome to Walls Down. I'm your host, Walker. Mike is out today. Mike had a prior engagement, but that's all right. I'm just going to talk to myself in the beginning, and uh, then our guest is just going to have to listen. We have a, a great guest on today, Jeffrey. Um, although, would I if he was? I don't think I'd ever just be like, "We got a real stinker on today." <laughs> No one's going to be interested in this one. Um, but I don't feel that way. So uh, welcome to the show. This is the show where we uh, talk about stories of modern masculinity. Again, I'm one of your hosts, Walker. Mike is not here. Um, I was just saying to our guest, pri- off an off-mic moment uh, about that I hadn't thought of what I was going to say or talk about. But uh, I'll try not to sniff right into the microphone. Um, let's see. Since our interview with Ellen, been a couple weeks. Honestly, the thing I'm thinking about most, and our guest was actually there with me, um, was at a yeah, went to an EMDR training this weekend and on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If anyone doesn't know what EMDR is, it's kind of therapy. It stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. It was uh, made for trauma, basically sort of a free association uh, where you're thinking about old traumatic memories and you're watching either like your your something go back and forth like a light or someone's hand or you're you're someone like there's like uh, touching on your hands. It's very interesting. You should look it up. But uh, it uh, the whole idea of it, especially doing this training, we also went as the clients, and you just just get you thinking about you know like oh what am I gonna what am I gonna think of and what uh, you know it doesn't have to, you know it was invented for people with PTSD, but it can really be for any kind of memory that causes you distress and maybe affects your life today. But uh, yeah, it was making me think of a lot of things. And the one that really came up, and I guess in the in the uh, in f- the nature of this podcast, because it definitely was something to do with masculinity, and it's, it's kind of sensitive, but that's the idea of this podcast, I guess. Um, it was, I was thinking, it was funny because at one point the, the trainer was like, think, you know, just had the whole group like, close your eyes, think of something, you know, like a medium distressing memory, like a five out of 10. And I, I thought of, you know, some things that were traumatic that like, that weren't good, but that this today don't really distress. You know, I was like, Oh, thinking of my grandfather when he was in the hospital before he died. And I was like, "Eh." and then all of a sudden I just jumped to a memory that I never at the time and really, I hadn't really thought of this about this memory in years, um, but and I and at the time it wasn't distressing. At the time, I thought it was like fun or funny, but it, it hit me now in a very. I was like, oh fuck! It was so basically it was when I was like 
15, I think. Uh, for context, this is this is the one and only time I ever cheated on a girlfriend. And I won't say my girlfriend's name, and she probably won't, won't remember, but I did tell her, and we actually hadn't even kissed me and my girlfriend. So I think I always use that as like, we were just really good friends and, and still to some degree are to this day. Um, like in that when we're around each other, we're, we can, we still talk. Um, but so anyway, so we were dating and this is, I think I'd started drinking like that year. This was a summer and I was at like a party all day. It's like a pool party in the summer or something. We we're all drinking a whole bunch and Hello everybody. Um, this part I edited out actually. Um, as I was thinking back on it, I, you know, like I said, this thing I just kind of remembered, and I don't know that I've fully processed this. And uh, I didn't say anyone's name or anything, but you know, uh, it's an interesting memory. So I edited out the part where we talk about what happens. But, uh, yeah, sorry if that bugs you. Sorry, I just uh, didn't think it was appropriate. Just didn't feel right to share that part. But, um, yeah, that's it. Somebody just sneezed. At the time, like I said, nobody thought of it. There was nothing bad came out of me. I told my girlfriend it happened. Me and the, and the girl from the back seat were, stayed friends for a long time. Like, actually became very close friends. Um I like had a big crush on her at one point. She had a boyfriend, but like we still, you know, later into life we're friends. Um, and, but like after we dropped her off, I remember they're asking me questions and stuff. And I was just like, it was like something I had done probably before, but for the first time with like sexual stuff where I was just like pretending to know or like pretending like it wasn't my first time doing something. And like that definitely I feel like, you know, I don't want to say it's for men only, but as a man, I can only speak my experience that that was something for me that was like a continued theme in my life of like not feeling like I knew what I was doing sexually, but pretending like I did, but then also feeling like insecure and shameful that I was doing it wrong or that like, especially as I got older, like wondering if the person I was with was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know what I mean? And like, um, so yeah, it, it really, tra and I was fun. And again, like when that happened, I was, I was sort of like, Oh, that was weird. But I, I wasn't like, Oh my God, that was so fucked up. I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm like, I did this thing and whatever. And these guys thought I was cool or, or didn't, I don't know. But now looking back, I'm like, God, that was like the start of like a, like a very upsetting relationship to, hooking up and sexual stuff and all of that, like, um, that continued and as, you know, more, did more things and, and just continued after even I was much more experienced, just like sort of, it's like sex is this weird thing so often that at least in my experience, I never spoke like genuinely about. So I would either pretend like be like, Oh yeah, if I did this and that, you know, whatever, or I just wouldn't talk about it at all. So it's like, it's like, it's happening alone, even though you're doing it with another person, it's like, this stuff is happening alone. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I'm probably doing it wrong and everyone else is doing it right. And like, I'm probably like not satisfying every, even though I've never heard that feedback. Why would they tell you that? That would just be rude. Like, 
it's and, and just sex in general. And the more I, I have, you know, matured in, in, in circles where people talk about that kind of stuff, it's like, that seems to be the universal experience that, or not universal. I won't say that, but an experience a lot of people are having, but because it's this like secret shameful thing, we're all just like having it alone in the dark and like no one's saying it. Um, so yeah, so it was a nice little Friday night. <laughs> Just reliving that, figuring out something was traumatic when I didn't even know it was. Um, but uh, maybe that's if I, uh, maybe I can go do some EMDR, uh, get, have some done. Um, but yeah, I would recommend if you uh, have any sort of traumatic memories or real, very upsetting memories, look into doing EMDR because it was after the first train, this was the first training weekend. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I don't think it's like a magical cure, but I definitely think it could be something useful. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as catching up, there's not much, you know, work, life, seeing my friends, eating food, um, not much else going on, but so let's take a break and we come back. We're going to have Jeffrey who is going to come on and tell us some of his story. Be right back. All right, welcome back to Walls Down. I'm your host, Walker, and we are here with our guest, Jeffrey. What's up, y'all? What's up, Jeffrey? So, hey. first question, um, how do you identify? I identify as a straight guy, male, human being. Let's go. Straight, <laughs> all right, straight guy, male, human being. Got yeah. it. Um, and so, so people kind of have a context for you as you tell your story give us like the kind of a brief summary of who you are today what you're about and that kind of thing yeah definitely um so i'm a little bit of an athlete you know i play basketball i skateboard uh, i'm a musician play guitar drums piano uh, i sang a little bit in college so just that's kind of the stuff that i'm into um a lot of music and uh, I'm a uh, licensed therapist, so I've been doing that for about seven years. Um, so yeah, I'm 31. I'm Eastern European. All right. <laughs> I'm from uh, from Florida. I've lived in New York almost two years. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. So. Yeah, I think that gives a nice like base okay, uh, cool. where to go from. Um, so, you know, you said you're from Florida. Mm-hmm. Take us back to Florida, young Jeffrey. What what um <laughs> you've heard you've heard the show, but what what were some of those first <clears throat> messages you remember whether they were messages you heard or just mm-hmm. things you observed about what it was to be a man? Okay. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was your standard, typical, stereotypical, um, you know, uh, don't cry, you know, man up, that sort of, that sort of thing. Um, my dad was a pretty successful athlete and a coach for a long time. So I had that influencing me, you know, father figure, he, he, he was there physically, but he wasn't really there Yeah. emotionally. What um, sport was, did he play or coach? He did, um, basketball, football, and track. 
So cool. A lot of different stuff. Uh, main thing. His main thing in college when he played it was it was football. Okay. Um, yeah, and he's got tons of plaques and trophies, and yeah, and he coached basketball for a while um, as well. So, um, and but yeah, w- with messages, you know, be be strong, be you know, lift weights, workouts, uh, just kind of this act tough. Um, I think a lot of that was from society. You know, I don't think it was all my dad or my two uh-huh. older brothers. Um, I have two older brothers, uh-huh. and one one is definitely he was a successful you know football player. Um, he played football and basketball, and that's that's how I wanted to be until about sixteen, and mm. I I just kind of I didn't make the team in middle school. I was like too heavy. I was definitely the fat kid. Put that mm. out there. Um, I was just bigger than everyone else. So I was too heavy to play Pop Warner. Um, or at least that's what they told me. So, um, but yeah, so I had a brother that was, you know, he's, he's big, very strong. He's, he's still lifts weights today. And then I have another brother who's like incredibly talented musician, artist, photographer, paints. Um, my sister's like that too. She's pretty, well, she's, she's athletic as well. So, um, so I always had that in terms of looking at, you know, men, it was definitely earlier. Um, my brother who was athletic, he's closer in age, but Mm. we're definitely all spread out. Um, very, yeah, he's like seven years older than me. And then my other brother is seven years older than him. Mm. And then my sister's two years older than him. So, um, but yeah, I always, I saw the, you know, be a jock, be tough. I wore the chain, you know, my family were Italian. So, uh, you know, watches and always kind of having this, um, it was important. Your appearance was important for Hmm. sure. Um, and of course got that from like my dad and my brother, but go ahead. ahead. I'm jumping all over the place. No, no, you're fine. (laughs) You're so, your dad you said your dad had like plaques and stuff like he had those mm-hmm. up in your house of like his athletic achievements yeah like but that's his... more my mom's doing oh, she's really? like that she's very like you know decorative and let yeah. me put every little thing on the wall type deal yeah. my, i don't think my dad really cared he i think he he blew out his knee in college and i think he had hoped like more i think this is just like what i've gathered from my mom uh-huh. um but he had hoped that like more would happen with that career and then he became a coach and mm. he loves it but um but whether it was like a lost dream I, i'm not too sure but uh-huh. um but yeah i remember seeing i mean still today in their house tons of trophies and yeah. stuff like that from him being an athlete and then also being a coach as well so. well and it is it's funny cuz that is it's like subtle and not subtle. Even like even coming from your mom almost makes it in some way. It like it hits me harder where it's like this is what it was good. Mm-hmm. This is like see it's up on like this is on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, yeah. It was a message like every day in the background, but yeah. it wasn't like. You yeah, know, like staring your dad up at never them walked every... you up to him and was <laughs> yeah. like, "Take a look at this." Son. Exactly. this... No, never. Yeah. If anything, he'd make jokes about it because you could tell, yeah. like, it was my mom showcasing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she did the same thing for, you know, all our kids. So, so, so let me ask when, because I, th- I think it's interesting, you, you know, you had, I guess, your one brother, your closest brother, who was the more the athlete, was the mm-hmm. one in the house the most with you. Yeah. Because your older brother was, what, like 14 when you were born? Yeah. Okay. Pretty so, much, yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
so growing up with that, was it like when you, what were you drawn to slash was there any pushing you into stuff activities when you were kind of pre, you know, grade school, that kind of thing, even pre middle school. Yeah. I, what I think what I was going to say before, but I kind of trailed off. Like I started, um, the, the brother that's closest to me in age, I started kind of just basically copying him and following Mm -hmm. his lead. Like I want to be a jock and I was wearing a chain and, and just that sort of thing. And just being a big tough guy. Um, and then around 16, um, I kind of like thinned out and got more into music and, um, I was in like, I was in chorus, like my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college. And then I gave it up. Uh Um, so I got into that and like grew my hair. I had really long hair and I wore girl jeans, (laughs) women's pants, you know, of course my parents hated that. Um, I think at like 18, I had my, my lip pierced, my Mm. nose pierced a couple years later. So at one point I had gauges, a lip ring and a nose ring and long hair. And like my parents, like, uh, I mean, in a, I didn't care at the time. I mean, I think their initial response, it kind of, it like hurt. Like I felt shame. Like, oh, sure, like sure. I, I let them down because they, they hated it. Um, my mom, especially, I mean, my dad, he's very quiet, doesn't have a whole lot to say, but she, you know, in terms of being uh, a feminine male, it's like absolutely she not. She wasn't having it. No. Um, and the definitely like homophobia and, and all of that. So I, yeah. Like that you, you would look gay if you did that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There was a lot of, a lot of unhealthy messages that I'd like to say I didn't really pick up. I mean, at six, 15, 16, you know, I had gay friends. I was in the music. I was very, you know, very liberal crowd. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'd like to say that it like, didn't rub off on me. Um, but who knows? I'm sure it's in the, in the subconscious. Sure. Sure. Well, um, but and then so I was gonna say and then my other brother he uh, he was like a punk you know musician punk skateboarder and I, I saw him but I saw him like you know ten percent of the time I saw my other brother more um, but when I when I was around sixteen um, he actually moved to New York and you know I started to kind of just kind of copy him now so like okay now I'm looking up to this brother and I was playing guitar and I was playing drums. Um, playing in bands. Um, so that was, to me, that was cool. And that was, to me, that was masculine. Um, mm. Wearing little cutoff jorts and wearing women's jeans um, and V-necks and like having, peri- like that was like being a man, um, mm. at least at that stage in my life. And of course I went through a lot of stages. It started out mostly being a jock um, and then being this, um, you know, being more myself, really more effeminate and, and, a musician more creative so i want to go back because i'm interested in getting to and then when that shift happened and then what kind of led to that shift so building up Mm -hmm. because even when you said you didn't you weren't allowed to play pop warner football what Mm -hmm. was that like sixth grade yeah like all of middle school and then i played football in ninth grade Uh and part of me still today um almost regrets it, but I, I chose not to, um, I, I just played one year. So, and my parents, you know, at that point, I'm the youngest of four and like, they, they were just like, yeah, whatever. Um, but they, they really always made me do something. So my mom, even yeah, junior year, um, 
towards the end of the year, she's like, you got to do something. You can't yeah. do nothing. So I was in chorus and yeah. I was like one of 10 dudes and there's like 90 to a hundred women. Oh, wow. um, so that was kind of the motivation and that was kind of cool. Of course, you know, getting made fun of here and there, but yeah. you know, and I also was like starting to get playing a band and, um, so yeah, I was kind of more in that crowd. But well, sorry, I think I jumped over. No, it's all right. Yeah, I feel you pull into the, and then I'm gonna keep pulling you back. <laughs> so because it. because I'm wondering, because again, like taking it back, you grow up in this house mm-hmm. where your main male messages are probably a little more overt. Your brother, who's just like a, a, you know seven, eight, nine, ten. And, you know, as you're growing up, he's a little older, been playing lots of sports, and then kind of covert messaging with your dad because you say like your dad didn't really say a lot but you knew his history you knew like kind of the lure of your father and mm-hmm. so i'm uh, to me it's like you wanted to be this jock you want to be this jock what was it i want to know what was it like when they said you couldn't play football i mean i don't think i really cared because uh to be honest, my, my first love, I mean, I love skateboarding. I love, you know, a lot of different instruments, but my first love was basketball. Like Uh. I remember just, and I played by myself, like, um, and so it was pretty like heartbreaking when I didn't make the team in, in middle school. And then I think I tried ninth grade. And so basically that was it. Like one year of, of high school. And I was like, I kind of gave up and it, and just kind of transitioned. Like I met, you know, I met, some friends and and they were just kind of more like hippie uh-huh. you know not athletic at all I made fun of the jocks yeah. um so i kind of transitioned into that um so it sounds like and and te- correct me if i'm wrong it sounds like i mean and you're saying you love basketball but it kind of sounds like you had this uh, this idea of this like sports man this like playing masculinity mm-hmm. through sport but it can't just the way you're talking about it, it sounds like it kind of was like you were like well this is what i'm supposed to do this is like the mm-hmm. thing to do the thing to do and then like the first kind of instance you kind of had to get away from it mm-hmm. that i mean i could be wrong yeah like i i definitely have an athletic bone in my body but i knew it wasn't like my calling yeah um and so I did really like when I started to discover this other side. My mom is a, I forgot to mention, like great pianist and mm. sang. And so she's got the music ta- musical talent. Mm. My dad has none. He's, you know, so we all got different pieces of that. Um, so I was kind of like torn. I was in the middle. Like I, I love sports. Yeah. Um, but at that, at that point in time, I, I definitely made that transition and another thing like my dad you know had a football number my brother was had his number and i had his number Uh, so there was you mentioned that lore like following in the footsteps was definitely and the i heard it vocally more from my mom like my dad you know it was expected like my dad wasn't like you gotta do this but he was there like he expected it he wanted it yeah um but i think my mom probably might have cared more but did she know. encourage you to do the music stuff? She did. I hated the music. I I played violin in like elementary school, mm-hmm. and that was the first thing I ever played. I grew up with a baby grand piano, so I feel pretty lucky. Um, it's not the nicest piano, but at least I had that in the house, and mm-hmm. I, I kind of like messed around with that. But she made me like read music, and I had lessons with her, and which was like pretty traumatic because I, you know, I'm like crying, and I didn't, I didn't really want to do it. I just kind of, you know, had fun with it, but. You know the lessons I, I hated and, like, and playing in orchestra. She was really serious about it. 
yeah, like there was a lesson, you had to get it done, and yeah, and it's like... I mean, I hated drum lessons. I had I did them for a year, and it was like, yeah. and I don't know if it's just because of the kind of person I am. There's the cat. Oh, hey. <laughs> um, yeah, like my parents, were, I wanted to do music. It was like when grunge and everything, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to do music, and yeah. uh, so they got me drums and were like, you have to take lessons for a year we're not just gonna like let you and i i was like so anxious because yeah he'd give me like homework and i was like i sucked at it i had no musical talent <laughs> he he actually told me after the year of lessons was like you know some people just can't do it like he was like you should quit. he was very honest <laughs> yeah like i appreciate it uh, but it's about having fun though <laughs> and i yeah i was yeah. not having fun there yeah i just like yeah it's so rigid yeah i had lessons too at one point i hated i was playing xylophone and band and and then i I got a drum set like 15 and i I didn't like the read music and and be a be a studio become a studio musician that's what like my mom kind of wanted and i was like no i just want to like you know play in a band here and there and and just you know have fun with it but yeah so well so talk to me about the kind of yeah, and if you don't want to pet the cat, you don't have to. Her name's Tyra. Oh, hi, Tyra. She's, she's soft and cute. She, yeah, she's fine. Um, she likes me. <laughs> yeah, she, um, <laughs> she does. I try to put her away. She's not having it. Yeah. Um, Pets do love me. I just don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> that's They love to be nagged. I think that's why she likes me so much. Um, I'm getting hair everywhere. Yeah, it's, she's shedding. It's it's warm here in New York, everyone, and the, the cats know it. Uh so talk to me yeah. about the kind of social aspect of it, because that's something we talk a lot about on here is like the, uh, you know, sort of Mike and I both, Mike was a much better athlete, but both of us played sports and mm-hmm. really sort of at the time, but especially in retrospect, saw the sort of like social capital and the even like with teachers and, you know, playing high school football mm-hmm just being on the team kind of got you in certain door, but I was all similarly. My mother went to art school. My, you know, there was always incurred my, when I was a kid, she would send me to like art lessons, drawing and sculpting. And I think very much was trying to cultivate that in me. And so I Mm -hmm. felt that. So it was this kind of weird pull in different directions, but talk to me about the sort of with friend groups and people, what that looked like. Yeah, um, so about ninth grade, yeah, so I was on the football team, and that's when, you know, I met my, my best friend in, in ninth grade, yeah, we had a class together, and that's when I started to make the train, I remember, like, I was wearing the jersey, and, and this, like, big silver chain, it was my brother's, the and, chain <laughs> is the theme, this chain, is yeah, a- um, jewelry, I guess, I don't know if it's an Italian thing, uh-huh. but, like, jewelry is, a, like, a big like thing, men- like, always having, like, a crucifix, and, ah. like, uh, an ID bracelet and huh. I, you know I wear a lot of rings currently um yeah. but uh yeah so I, I again that's just the image I think of like wearing my jersey to school because we all have to wear it and you know um but like I was meeting friends and I was always you know I always knew I was like weird and kind of had a darkness and like super shy um very very sensitive and that's just like my nature yeah um and I didn't really I don't think I really consciously knew it was there uh, until around that time, um, I was just kind of going through the motions. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, this is what's, you know, manly, um, I guess. And, uh, 
I don't think I really thought much about, yeah, like sexuality or, you know, gender roles and until around, yeah, like 16. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, my, I mean, I didn't have, to be honest, I didn't have a whole lot of friends and then I, I made, I started to make the friends. Um, and I think I started to feel more connected and that's kind of what brought me out of, cause I saw the, you know, not that all of them weren't great people, but I just, that crowd, I, I didn't really connect and it yeah. was just kind of like a rah, rah, you know, um, your stereotypical like dudes. Um, and then, you know, I started playing like hacky sack with the kind of like grungy mm-hmm. hippie kids. And then that's where I like started to make my friends. Um, yeah, like screamo and emo is like really popular and just got into that and to me in like hardcore, well, quote unquote hardcore. <laughs> and, uh, that was like tough and, and, you know, cool, I guess. So I don't, I wasn't thinking like what's, what's a man. It was more about what's, what's cool and what, what do you connect with? Hmm. Um, so, but you did, yeah, does that you, answer your you question? did see, yeah. Like you did see, you had the sort of self-reflection enough to see, like, I don't really vibe with this, but this makes more sense to me. Yeah. Like I love, I love, I love playing sports, but like the whole, like, uh, following the stats, like all the guys were like that. Mm -hmm. And I I was just like, that is so weird. Like they just knew (laughs) all the, you know, like, I don't really care. Um, and just being like obsessed, like that was, that was definitely an identity, especially just the people that were around me at the time. And then I started to, you know, get out of that and explore. Yeah. I I mean, that's, and we've talked about it on here before, but like, that was like, it's like, I think I hammered that into myself so much and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to say I hammered it, but like, like now I know so many stats and I still read about, I like can tell you who's like the top 10 projected draft NFL players in this year's draft. I can tell you also. Yeah. And it's like the most, I can tell you like who the free agent, like meaningless It's a stuff. hobby though. You it know? it is a hobby, but like, and then I don't even have a football team I like. Like, I guess I like the Broncos. Like, I like mm-hmm. a college team, but like, mm-hmm. they could lose the national, well, like they could lose whatever. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Like, I'd, but that's really recent. Like, for a while I was like those guys who like, I would watch games in college and like, come on, like screaming. <laughs> and I'm like, that yeah. is like, you're kind of saying now, I'm like, that's psychotic. Like, who cares? <laughs> Like it's a game <laughs> and, and, and I don't want to, I'm not putting down anyone. Like yeah. I f- was into it. It just now to me. And I think it's interesting that you saw that then. Cause to me, I see it more as like, I've got older and I'm like, who gives like, who really cares about much <laughs> like of anything? <laughs> like nothing is that big a deal in life. Um, but so, well, there's two things you said going kind of back to, the social capital piece was it so it was like more genuine for you to hang out with the kind of more hippiest people and listen to like kind of the alternative stuff you felt that was more genuine to like who you were yeah i don't know if it was more like their personalities and their well they were they were definitely generally speaking like more open minded and they had mm-hmm. long hair and I, and i was kind of and i i did have like a uh, music like I was playing drums and like I just started playing guitar I think in ninth grade so it was a little later um so I definitely admired admired that that whole persona you know having long hair and yeah um and and grungy and just yeah and just being like 
kind of carefree because I felt like the the athletes that I was around weren't. It was just very like you know, preoccupied with the status and the status was like through sports Mm. and, you know, and I did want that for a while. I was, I was definitely like following that, but then I just kind of, you know, lost interest and not to say that I could have been like a great athlete by any means, but, um, I just, yeah, I definitely connected more. And again, I was this like, you know, I was the chub, I was the tallest kid, you know, and, for a while until probably sometime in middle school, definitely all throughout elementary school, I was like the tallest and the heaviest. Um, so I, and I was this, you know, kind of like an outcast and super shy and super sensitive. And then of course it took like years for me to figure out and like really kind of absorb and embrace like my identity. Um, which is a lot of different things. Unfortunately, it's not just like a small set. Yeah, you know, yeah. I like a lot of different things. I connect with a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, so definitely. Well, you talked about social stuff in school, yeah. and I was—I keep wanting to go back to like family because there was a lot of like, <laughs> don't be lot. effeminate and that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, I want to ask something really yeah. quick, like pause. Yeah. So, but because. I find this interesting mix sometimes because you were big, mm-hmm. but you were also shy. Did people misread your shyness ever as like, definitely. Yeah. I think so. And I think it still happens cause I'm kind of a big guy yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm quiet and I'm reserved. And, um, you know, even like going to that training like being around all these you know 50 other strangers Uh um people can definitely um interpret a certain way and that's and that's not me i'm I'm kind of like when you get to know me i'm goofy and giggly and bubbly and and definitely at times pretty effeminate um but yeah you wouldn't i i I still to this day you know i'm 31 i I still carry this kind of shield of i mean i'm a man you know what i mean like i wear a tie I was like, this guy's kind of like quiet, like, you know, like he's not, he's kind of standoffish, but it was funny because that used to happen to me when I was, Mm -hmm. uh, not because I was bigger, but for a lot of different reasons, I think people interpreted my super shyness as like thinking I was like too cool um, or like a jerk. Um, But I, when I met you, you were very kind of, I was like, I I think he's feeling it out. Like for maybe I just like recognized it, but I was like, he's just getting the lay of the land. Like, um, but yeah, I always think that's interesting, but especially just even like as a kid, when the size, if you're shy and you're big, I, I, I feel like people can be like, he's like a mean bully or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, no, and I definitely was, was bullied by like the, I remember kindergarten and then the fifth graders, they would, you know, they called me fat and mm. all that sort of stuff. And of course the, the, if I would have mentioned that at home, it was, well, you kick their ass, <laughs> yeah. like you beat, you know, not um, like, and I was like, what? <laughs> Really? And I I might have gotten like two fights my whole entire, you know, life. Um, But that was, yeah, that was like a thing, like bullying and like, you know, men, the other boys wanting to fight each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially, yeah, through, throughout high school and yeah. So, so I want, yeah, I want to ask this, this one, or like kind of wrap up this question of the social piece of it Mm -hmm. and then we'll take a break. And when we come after, I kind of want to talk about like, as you transition kind of took that out into the college where like the outside the home and kind of how that, but like I do, I want to know, was there a social 
price to pay when you switch? Was there a social, like a familial social shit? Like, what the fuck are you, what do you mean you're going to quit sports and do this? Or, um, cause, cause like for me, like very briefly, I'll say like, like my senior, second semester senior, I, instead of wrestling, I went and was in the high school musical. I was in Guys and Dolls. And I remember my coach being like, are you fucking kidding me? Like my coach, when I t- and I was a terrible <laughs> wrestler. I was not a good wrestler. Like it wasn't like he was star athlete was going, but it was just like, you, no, mm-hmm. like that's a terrible. And uh, kind of narrow minded about it. Yeah. So yeah. But sort of me being like, is this going to like fuck things up for me? Like, are people going to like, and that wasn't my friends were pretty cool about it. Mm-hmm. Um like all my bros, but, uh, <laughs> like they came to the show and stuff, but oh, I was, nice. I was afraid of the like social, mm-hmm. even just to mention things I was interested in or. Yeah. I mean, I definitely crossed paths with those, those people. Like I started dating, I dated this one girl and she was more in that, you know, athletic crowd, the like lacrosse football player. Mm-hmm. So I crossed paths with them. It wasn't like but it was, yeah, it was more the familial thing of, uh, I mean, again, my mom was a musician, so it wasn't a huge deal for me to do music, but the way I wanted to present myself yeah. and dress, you know, tight, tight pants. And, yeah. and when I, you know, got piercings and it had long hair, um, yeah, they, they absolutely hated that because mm. that was not the image of a man. Yeah. And to me that it did feel, you know, cause I, I know I'm a, I feel like a man. And then, and, and like when I, when I dressed like that and, and was just in that kind of crowd, it felt really comfortable. So, and, and I, th- I want to get to that after the <clears throat> break, because you did, you said something about like when these like screamo and that kind of, you were mm-hmm. like, this felt tough. So it yeah. wasn't like you were like, I'm becoming gentler now. Like, yes and no. Okay. It was, yeah. Being, being like sensitive and like, right. You know, writing songs and mm-hmm. like being, being musician was like, it was cool, you know, and yeah. it wasn't like, at least the people that I knew and, and surrounded myself with, it wasn't like you were less manly. I mean, there was definitely, there might've been like jokes about like being, you know, not as tough and, and stuff like that. But really, ultimately, it didn't really feel like a huge, it was just, it was just different. You know, yeah. I think like being a man, it's like, you know, when you think of a color, like everybody, when you think of blue, like I might think of baby blue, but you think of like a different shade, mm. you know, there's like different types of, sure. I don't know if that makes sense, no, but no, that's no. how I think about it. Um, but there is, yeah, there's the stereotypical man, like in our society and like yeah. all the messages that we receive for sure. Um, but I don't know. It didn't seem, I mean, yeah, being in chorus and, and, and that, sort of thing was yeah you get made fun of and but it's like all in it was kind of all in jest you, you know? didn't yeah yeah it didn't take it as this like you're no longer a man no i mean i was hanging out with like all these all these girls <laughs> yeah. like it was yeah there was no yeah yeah it was it was nice it was fun but um so yeah okay well so so let's take a break and we come back i want to talk about kind of that next the next phase and what that looked like um and also i'm thinking of this idea that like Cause I agree. There's like every, in every sub, in every, what's the word I'm looking for? Like every group of people, every type of person, every whatever, there's like the way to do it in like a masculine way. I feel like, like 
unhealthy ideas of masculinity and healthy ideas of masculinity exist in every kind of person. You can mm-hmm. be a fucking football playing, hunting, all that stuff, and be a perfectly healthy masculine, I think, man. And you can be a fucking poet who is like dripping in toxic masculinity because it has to do with how it affects you, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not about, it's like what you're putting out and what it's doing to you is where the toxic part comes from. So I want to talk coming back after of seeing like if you saw any of that in this new circle you were kind of running in and then just mm-hmm. what your life and experience like. All okay. right. Cool. All right. All right, welcome back to Walls Down. I'm Walker. Um, we're here with Jeffrey. Jeffrey and I just had quite a discussion <laughs> on the break of many things that I was like, wow, that we need to be talking about all of that. Um, why don't... I mean, I'm just going to lead you very... Uh, yeah, please. W- start by talking about... Because we'd already kind of talked... We were We ended by excuse me, talking about that social piece and high school and kind of had ended on that. So talk to me, you were telling me about your best friend. Mm -hmm. So just lay the scene out. Yeah. So, um, we met in, I think advanced global studies in ninth grade. And I remember that's, I was in, I played football and I'd wear my Jersey on game days. And, and so, but for some reason I remember we, I think we we uh we would do Dane Cook lines back and forth sure. and like we would just make each other crack up and you know, this is ninth grade and it so that kind of started our friendship and he was part of this kind of hippie grungy um hacky sack crowd like they you know played in this grassy area between every class uh-huh. and and so that's when we met ninth grade we weren't really like super connected and best friends until um probably a year, a junior year. So, um, but yeah, we were, yeah, we were pretty close and he, um, we played, we played in a band together. So that, that, that brought us, you know, even closer. We were in a trio with another, uh, one of my best friends, Carrie. Um, so we, we played in a band, I think last two years of, of high school. Uh Um, but yeah, so he kind of, yeah, he was definitely the one, like I, connected with him and, and kind of brought me to this crowd and introduced me to people and this girl I started dating. It was actually like his ex-girlfriend from like a year or two before. And, um, and, uh, so yeah, I was, then I was kind of in that crowd and wearing, you know, girl pants and, and just like not giving a fuck about like what masculine uh-huh. is. Um, you know, and people made fun of us. We were so close. They, you know, they call us gay and like, Uh you know, laugh at us. And, um, we were just very like giggly and silly and we'd even hold hands and Uh like, we were just very, very connected and like, you know, like a platonic soulmate in a way. Like it was never sexual, but like we even kissed on the lips, like, and, you know, never, never in private, um, cause that'd be weird for us, but in front of people, cause we just, we felt that comfortable with each other and, yeah. and, and like we, as, we a, truly, as a greeting, you would do that or, or like, no, we were like in the car and just like, give poking. me a kiss. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, I mean, it only happened probably, a, I don't know, three or four times, but the fact that we were, we were that comfortable yeah. and, you know, there would be like few other people in the car like and you know 
um, guys and girls, and it was just kind of silly, and, but there was this kind of like, you know, isn't that, I don't know, um, like we were talking about it before, like, like, we're not supposed to do that, (laughs) haha, like, we're, we're, (laughs) was it, were you defensive about it, like, were you, sorry, I lied. I thought I, I moved the microphone. I thought I had cracked the code of this, but now I'm realizing I'm wrong because I feel <laughs> like I'm on another planet. Um, were you, when people would call you gay, or because I had, it's funny. I had a friend. I, there was all my male friends who were in this sort of like athletic da 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 whatever group, but with like the homoerotic joking and this mm-hmm. kind of stuff was very rampant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't think the 90% of us also, if you asked us if we were homophobic, we'd be like, no way, like, not at all. But we would make a lot of jokes about, oh, you're gay or you're being gay. And then, but then also, you know, you and I were talking about this and like I, my best friend in high school or one of my best friends, um, I don't want to offend anybody by saying they're not my, but one of my very good friends, we would, I would spend the night at his house almost every weekend and we would sleep in the same bed. Like we would like put a, you know, like put a couple pillows between us and just like if we went out that night or whatever, just like mm-hmm. went out partying, we would go back and crash there. Or if we didn't, we'd like play NCAA football on his PlayStation yeah. and then go to sleep. And like there were so many like uh, gay jokes and this, mm-hmm. and but there was also like this just two friends who wanted to like hang out with each other and be like intimate friendship wise not like intimate romantically but there's mm-hmm. definitely yeah. no like language for that like because it was also yeah. talking about like you were hooking up with that we were both in relationships with girlfriends and mm-hmm. um yeah 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 we we slept in the same bed and it wasn't a you know wasn't a big deal but we were definitely yeah we were very very straight and still very masculine uh-huh. in in a lot of ways but you know, we were musicians and, and just like best friends. We were just extremely close and very, very intimate. But, um, and yeah, and it wasn't, it was, it definitely felt weird. I think in the beginning, like, whoa, like I'm not supposed to be doing this. Like uh-huh. th- this is, this is strange, but it felt so like natural in a way. It's like, no, we're, we're that close. We're comfortable. And also, again, like getting into that type of crowd of people, just being so open-minded. I just knew like by nature, that's, I don't, cause it's not, it's not from my family. Sure. It's just the way, you know, I am, I feel like inherently. Um, and yeah, just, I loved that about us. Um, and I was never, yeah, I was never like that with, uh, with another dude, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, <clears throat> I wasn't either. That's, and I never thought about that. Um, cause I had other friends who were incredible, like very close friends who know, like very like intimate detail we'd mm-hmm. ever, but like that sort of, yeah. Hmm. Hadn't thought about that. So what did that look like? So all going, you know, out into the world more. So I feel like the way these sort of, uh, stories progress is like when you're a little kid, it's like, you're kind of all your ideas and, and messages are kind of contained in home, even though you're going to like grade school and stuff, you're kind of just like 
a blob at that point. Like you're not really like you're just like oh, I'm not a boy. I'm whatever. And like, but you, you stuffs at home. And then mm-hmm. middle school, high school, you really start to take it out in the world and be like, is this what I should do? Or is that mm-hmm. like here's what I'm trying? What do you guys think? And then high school and leaving home, I feel like is the next like big where it's like I can really lean into this or that. And so, what did that look like for you? Yeah. Well, I definitely. I've, I've always been a serial dater. So that's always been, I think that's worth mentioning, always having, you know, a woman by my side mm-hmm. type of deal. And I don't know if that was uh, a subconscious thing. Like I knew that that was really important. Um, I mean, I think it's a lot of different things. It's just, you know, it just happened codependence, like, mm-hmm. you know, young, you know, dating. Um, but I remember, yeah, like early twenties and, um, so yeah, high school kind of, t- talked about that college kind of similar I did so I didn't do I did chorus the senior year and then the freshman year I was studying vocal vocal performance and like playing piano and I was a music major Uh Um, I only did that for one year and then I kind of just floated around but I was it was definitely like very similar crowd like extremely open-minded a lot of LGBTQ people Uh um, and you know it's Orlando, it's a pretty diverse place. Uh-huh. Um, and, but then I only did that for a year. So then I kind of just, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of friends and, you know, I have like a, a small like crew, you know, like less than 10, like close friends uh-huh. that, um, that I'd talk to. Um, now it's probably like five or six, but yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, just still the whole, like, I think, 20 so let's say 25 kind of started to get back into you know i took the piercings out and I, mm. my jeans got a little, little looser do you remember um, what was is it just sort of a natural progression i think it had something to do i'm sure a little bit to do with who i was dating mm. um so i dated like edgier girls or i dated you know kind of preppy prissy tight you know um so I think that had maybe something to do with it. Um, I was also playing in a, in a band at the time, and I, that was when I was yeah, like long hair, piercings, like it was just cool. That was like my identity, and then I kind of ditched that because I was like, this just feels. That was in a way like for me at least. I'm speaking from my experience, kind of just superficial, and like I was hiding behind that. Uh. Um, and gosh, it's kind of all a blur. Um, but then. Uh, so around 25 got into back into like being athletic and lifting weights and, mm. like, and um so kind of more like my other the athletic brother and like following his you know he's very much into lifting weights and so i still still am like that and kind of carry that you know masculine facade like uh-huh. i have to have big muscles and if yeah, i yeah. you know i can't be skinny um but like i've all i've also always just been kind of big and so it's like well i might as well just embrace that i guess um yeah so what was your question (laughs) (laughs) no like you know those changes in identity and, and i think a lot of people you know it's like we all go through phases or whatever i'm wondering like again were there things were there 
ideas that you carried through of what it was to be a man. And, and obviously a lot of this is probably in retrospect. You, you have to think back on it. Maybe you yeah. weren't thinking at the time, but like, of like, cause you know, even that thing of being a serial dater, was that a part of like what it was like you love you're a sensitive guy and a sensitive guy should be with a girl or like be in a relationship or like, you know, like I want to find the one or. Yeah. I've always, I think for as long as I can remember been the, I was the, the boy like wanted to, um, it was like the stereotypical girl, you know, uh -huh. like wanted the white picket fence, you know, wanted to be married sure. and have kids and be a father. Hmm. Um, so I definitely had that. I was just, yeah, again, like different, like very sensitive yeah. and, um, did you embrace spiritual... that sensitivity here and there yeah no <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. um well again I, I didn't even know it was there until like 16 um and then looking back like yeah i've always been kind of like this deep you know and um i started seeing a therapist this is worth mentioning started seeing a therapist um at 18 uh -huh. i knew my parents wouldn't wouldn't sign off on it so um you know, for a lot of different reasons. But so as soon as I turned 18, my best friend at the time who I mentioned earlier, um, he was seeing this therapist and that's kind of how I got in the door. And I did that like off and on until I think the last session was like 25. I'm 31 now. Um, and sort of in secret from your parents. Well, they finally found out. Um, and then, yeah, even at one point, um, uh, my doctor like violated i was i saw a doctor and i got prescribed an antidepressant at one point uh -huh. and I, my mind this is yeah it should be illegal because i was an adult but they they called my parents house because i lived at home while i was in college first half of college mm. most of college and uh they disclosed to my mom like that I was mentioned like a refill or something i was you know taking this medication and she like flipped out um Another thing worth mentioning too, so, so that's like, you know, you're weak, you shouldn't do that. And wow, my yeah. mom, my mom, this is worth mentioning, is you struggled with mental health, you know, issues her mm -hmm. whole life. Um, and another thing too, because this is kind of connected, but I, I think it's worth mentioning. Um, she saw me hug, you know, my best friend when we were in high school. He, uh -huh. dro he dropped me off. Um, he was driving like before anyone. So he drove like all of us typically. And uh, he got out of the car, he gave me a hug, and I'm like 17, uh -huh. and my mom like lost it. She's like, what the hell are you doing? I saw you hug him. Wow. What are you, like, yeah. who is that? You know, and she, you know, my parents didn't, didn't care for him, um, huh. I think, because he, he like, he was more, um, he was tougher than me. He was definitely like, like a protector in a way. Hmm. Like, if there was any, like, fight about to bust out, he would... He would be there. Um, but yeah, so anyways, there was that. And again, like, I was like, whatever, f fuck you. But like, yeah. when my parents are like saying that and they're so like homophobic, part of me like, you know, there's a small pit in my stomach. Um, it just kind of makes me sad that like they, they can't really even begin to understand or connect to like who I am. And I, yeah. I always just say they're much older. I mean, they're in their 70s. And uh -huh. I just say, well, they're just from a different generation. They don't get it. Um but of course I've met like people their age that like get it, like they're open-minded and accepting yeah. and loving, you know, in, in all aspects. It was like a rejection of you in a way, this little piece of in you. In a way, but then also this person that like I love. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and that's, that's when the um, concept of like hugging a, a man like was, you know, like around 17, like 
that was when like I was hugging all my friends, mm. guy friends, girlfriends. Um, and you know, that's sort of the family message was like, that's weird. Like, why yeah. do you hug your guy friends? Um, my family, we don't hug each other. Like huh. I can count on one hand how many times I've hugged my parents, which is kind of weird. Hugging but. is such a huge theme. I mean, I know you've listened some, but on this podcast, yeah. like men hugging each other. And like when I first hugged, met Mike, I hugged yeah. him and he was like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we, yeah. my family, it's funny cause my family's very affectionate mm. in that we're very loving toward the, we're not, but I don't recall a lot of like, physical like hugging and like and me and you say like oh you know at 17 it was hugging me and my friends if we were drunk we would hug each other but like no not mm. not like oh see you later man we would just walk out of the room yeah. um high five or pound <laughs> giving us yeah, <laughs> yeah. some dap do the like uh this thing yeah. um yeah so so did that it, it's so interesting because it's like it was such a strong, and this is what I'm hearing, is like it was such a strong message to you of that like sort of rejection of that part that mm-hmm. it's easier to do like a fuck you, I'm not going to change. We're like almost <clears throat> if there's like a subtle, like that's nah, not really good, you shouldn't do it. That I feel like, some, or I'll speak for myself, like sometimes maybe I, I'm like, oh, I won't do it. I won't like if it's more subtle, but if someone gives you that strong message of like you shouldn't do that, you're like, oh, fuck you, I will. I don't know. I, there's, there's yeah, some, I see what you're saying. Um, but so, so man, we could just go forever. This is going to be a four hour interview. No. Okay. So to be, yeah, to cut be, out, ca- cut out some parts. <laughs> <laughs> to be cut, to what, what led to kind of the current phase, like version of yourself. And I want to know about your current idea, but like, take me from that 25 getting back into it. Uh, you know, that was. Yeah. Um, still, you know, like all of my twenties was pretty much the same, you know, dating, you know, trying to be, you know, get buff and work out and, um, you know, didn't really, you know, I don't, I don't play really play music anymore. I'm not playing in a band. It's been years. Um, so that wasn't really, you know, a lot of like parts of my identity like have shifted. Um, but like I said, I, I mean, I've been into so many different things. So I think that's, that's why, mm. um, you know, again, like skateboarding or basketball or I don't know, um, different instruments, but, um, yeah, it was really just dating and like getting, you know, getting into my career. And, you know, uh, like I said, I moved to New York about two years ago, almost two years ago. Um, and I live with my girlfriend and, can I can yeah. I ask what got you into your career? My my therapist. So um, he yeah. So basically, long story short, my best friend led me to a therapist, and then he I you know as I mentioned, I tried music. I, I considered being a teacher. Both my parents were teachers. Uh, I considered um, nursing, but I really was just like, what am I gonna? I don't really. I just knew like none of it was right. And I, Mm. I was, I landed on liberal arts and like, that's what both my brothers did and went to the same school as them. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to do like, what am I going to, I just, I wanted to do something really specific. So having this therapist really helped me with self-esteem identity. Um, and then just encouraging me, like he just asked me like, why do you want to be a nurse? And we just kind of explored that. Uh And then I did a Myers-Briggs test and, 
you know, I'm an INFJ and that's the counselor. And he's like, I think you'd be good, you know, looking to social work and, um, specifically geared me towards social work, which was kind of funny cause he's an LMHC, he, older guy, oh. you know, um, uh, old timer, like in recovery. Um, but yeah, so that's, um, that's how that happened. Yeah. And so when, once I started the, my undergrad for that, I knew, oh my God, like this is for me. Like it's, it's so open-minded. It's so liberal. Uh, it's all about healing. It's all about being who you are. And I'm like, wow, like, yeah, this is, this is what I need to be doing. So the, the personality test helped because it's like, Hey, this is who you are. And yeah. that kind of helped, that really helped me because I could see it on paper. But then I also had this male figure who was like, you know, encouraging me and like, instilling self-esteem and showing a lot of love um, who you were also led to by a man yeah. who you had love for another man yeah well i started seeing his his wife they have a private practice and that's who my friend saw and mm. then i switched to him um like years later like a yeah mid-20s huh. um but or no early 20s so yeah it took me a while i mean i was in college for like six years, which I think is pretty average, but it took uh -huh. me a while to, to land on something and finish. And then I got my master's and, and then started. Um, so yeah, hmm. that was, yeah. So talk to me a little bit. Mm, no, let's take a break and then we'll come back. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good answer. It's real. It's honest. Ooh, we need batteries. All right. You ready? I'm going to be getting a bunch of texts because I'm cool. <laughs> um, welcome to Walls Down Podcast. I'm Walker here with Jeffrey. What's up, Jeff? What's up? Did, do people call you Jeff? Do you prefer? Uh, baby J. <laughs> Preferably, sweet baby um, Jay. Yeah, no, I, I Jeffrey or Jeff it doesn't matter. Okay, so he yeah. prefers Jeffrey. He's just being yeah. nice. Um, uh, <laughs> so Jeffrey. Um, so yes. Yeah, so talk to me about today, about your ideas of masculinity now, or you know, yeah. I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned before, like being being kind of big, being lifting heavy weights, like that's, mm. that makes me a man. I think that's definitely part of the identity. Um, and there's other things like with dating. I mean, we're pretty egalitarian, but there's something, you know, like occasionally I, I think she, you know, when my girlfriend and I are, will go out, she'll offer to pick up the tab, um, probably more times than I would like her to. And it's like, that's a that's a hard thing to swallow because it's always like that's always been in my mind that's mm. the message that the man has to take care of the woman and i think you know obviously from my family that that message is pretty clear so where that com uh -huh. comes from um so there's that kind of stuff that i notice uh in terms of being a man now i don't really think about it honestly uh -huh. i uh you know one thing that comes to mind like I, I love dressing in drag, for example, uh -huh. and like that doesn't, I don't feel any less manly when I do that. Now, I've only done it like a few times and it's only ever on Halloween, Yeah, yeah. but like there's just something about it that's just so freeing and it, 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 it hyper focuses and like taps into my feminine, you know, side, uh -huh. um, 
I, I believe that, you know, everybody does have, you know, we all have testosterone and estrogen. We all have like this feminine spirit and this masculine spirit, uh-huh. um, in a, in a way, um, the native Americans have two spirited, you know, when I learned about that in, in, uh, when I did my social work degree, I was like, wow, I really connect with that. Yeah. But like, I don't go around identifying. I wish I wish I would, but, uh. um, like having that, you know, the, the spirit of like a woman and a man, like, and it, it and it's fluid and it fluctuates. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just something that comes to mind. Like that's just very liberating and fun, you know, to, to dress up in, in high heels and that sort yeah. of thing. Again, I've only done it a few times, but, um, I, I don't think it, again, makes me less of a man. It actually makes me feel more confident, which kind of yeah, fuels fully. my masculinity. Totally. Um, and let's see, I used to have one thing. I just remembered I used to have a Harley and that was like such a like tough manly thing. Uh, uh-huh. I got it. I sold it before I moved to New York. It was a big sacrifice, but I knew I didn't, I didn't want it to have it in the city. I uh-huh. sold my car too. Um, and you know, just having, having a woman on the back of your motorcycle mm. is like such a, a macho thing. Um, there's definitely things I notice, like, especially like when you're at the gym, um, and I don't want to go too far into this, but how you carry yourself, like I am, you know, in the gym, like it's just everyone kind of, most, most of all the guys, you know, act this way when they're in the gym It's kind of like, don't fucking touch me. Don't come near <laughs> me. Don't use that. I'm about yeah, to yeah, use yeah. it. And you walk in and it's just so funny. And I do, I'm so guilty of it. Like people probably think I'm an asshole because mm. just the face, you know, how I carry myself. And then as soon as somebody asked me like, oh, are you using that? I'm like, oh, no, 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 go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because that's me. I'm like, oh, no, sure. oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, I'm like so serious. I'm like, like lifting weights. And somebody's like, are you using this machine? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like I literally, and then I'll be like, God, calm down. Like you didn't. Yeah. Oh, please, please. Here, take it, take it, take it. Like. So just, those are some little things that like I noticed that kind of yeah the gym is a very that's very interesting because i identify with so much of what you're saying i mean i i think i've talked on here it's funny i like even call it like i'm even i'm aware enough to be even calling it dressing in drag i'm like because it's not because it's like it's on halloween so people can almost see it as like oh is it, you're being silly and it's mm-hmm. like but i'm kind of not like yes it is but it's i don't feel like isn't this funny that i'm like this i'm you like feel safest i no? like it yeah i like like i feel like you said like confident yeah. and like it feels like yeah like there's something like and i wouldn't say i feel safe because when i was dressed as little Edie at the new york Halloween parade, I, I got my ass grabbed like three times and I was like, man, like that's not cool. Yeah. Um, by like strangers on the street. Um, God. but, uh, but yeah, like I'm not like a man living in dry. Like, so, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. which no, I, you know, I could be a totally different, but yes, there is something very freeing mm-hmm. about that. But then, and that whole idea of the two spirit thing and like, the kind of having both sides of it and not being afraid of either side of it, you know, mm-hmm. like being able to, but yes, the gym is that this weird place where probably the most of like my residual and maybe, and honestly, I don't know that it's unhealthy, but it is like my old, like my workout playlist is like all the like old, I like don't really listen. I don't listen to a ton of music anyway anymore, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't listen to rap all that much anymore, but it's, 
that playlist is like all the rap I listen to like in college and it's like it's called destroy yourself is the name of my gym workout <laughs> list and like that's my mentality of, I the, love of it. the gym is just it. like it's not like yeah and that kind of walking around just like no I'm fucking tough like don't even know I'm not I'm like scared of everyone there <laughs> the trainers oh Jesus yes. the trainers I'm <laughs> yeah. just like you hate me and you're better than me um yeah but uh <laughs> So, yeah, that kind of, it's interesting to see, because you are, you're like a bigger guy, you got a beard, you're like, you know, you come off like you're kind of big, but that it, how free it can be to just be open to that kind of fluid thing about it. Um, all right, well, so let's do, let's do some questions. Let's do the six questions. All right. Um, let me get to them on my phone. Oh, my phone vibrated. Here they are. All right. Question number one. When are you scared? That's a good one. Um, when am I scared? I think when I feel like I'm going to be vulnerable, especially in a large group of people. Mm. So doing, you know, like this training that we had and, uh -huh. and being, you know, it's a lot of women and that was, that was kind of scary, you know, and breaking off and doing that. It went really well. Um, I really enjoyed it. And, but yeah, being vulnerable, um, public speaking, I'm mm. terrified, you know, that sort of yeah. thing, being an introvert and just being, you know, generally anxious. I think that that's definitely something that's scary. Um, yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of other things, but that's... <laughs> that's what comes up. That'll work. So, question number two, what do you need from people? Yeah, what do I need or what do I want? Sometimes I feel like I need absolutely nothing. Like, hmm. I could just be, you know, an island and hmm. just be by myself. But from people... Um, Does that feel... Sorry, I don't, does that feel genuine or does that feel like you want to be like that? Yeah, I think it's more of like I want to. I mean, really, I think I want acceptance, love, patience, mm -hmm. understanding, yeah. authenticity, you know, all those, all those type of things. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, there is that pull. Because I think when I answered this question, that like my first thought was like, well, ideally nothing. And it's yeah. like... <laughs> Is that yep. ideal? Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'd like to be cut off from everyone and yep. disconnected. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Number three, when do you feel hurt? I think in any, any situation where I feel rejected. So if it's like at work or, you know, with my girlfriend, family. Um, yeah. And anytime I'm like really you know, pissed off. Like I know there's like some sort of being hurt underneath that, yeah. which usually comes from fan. I think my family gets under my skin more than anything else. Um, but yeah, feeling like rejected. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That thing's so true. Like I was actually talking to someone about this this morning, like anytime I'm like angry or annoyed, angry with someone or annoyed, like, Oh, they're so fucking stupid. I'm like, what there's something going on with me. Like there's something to be learned here about yeah. me. Yeah. Um, 
All right, number four, who intimidates you? Um, probably who intimidates me? People in power. I would say, you know, I, I've worked with a lot of like doctors. So I've always well, I'm kind of, I admire them really, but authority figures, people above me, hmm. I think um, there's not a lot of men in, in my field. So other men like you know that i think that's kind of intimidating um because there, there's always some comparison that can kind of slip in and sure. so that can be intimidating especially if it's if they're older if they have more experience if they have more credentials that sort of thing yeah um and that can go outside of work too you know if i'm at a party a social gathering and somebody you know is this like big hot shot successful like that's in, that's intimidating and whether it's like money or you know, they have a really cool business or, you know, stuff like that. But, totally. But yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. When are you proud of yourself? Hmm. I guess when I, when I acknowledge my accomplishments, like big and small, but more so, like the bigger things, like sometimes I forget, like I've done things that I never dreamed I would do. Mm. Um, like finish college, get a master's degree, get a license, yeah. get another light, you know, move across the country to, to New York of all places. And then, um, yeah, just kind of like thinking about how I've kind of pursued what I want. I mean, I definitely want more, um, but just thinking about, yeah, what I've accomplished and I feel proud when I'm genuine, uh-huh. which is not the easiest thing to do when I'm authentic. I'm like, that's when I really connect with whether it's a friend or a client or what have you. Um, I feel, I feel proud cause it's one, I think it's not an easy thing to do. And I think people in general should do it more often, hmm. like really genuinely like connect, um, so yeah, that makes me, I mean, it makes me feel good and I guess kind of proud in a way. Yeah. So. Like when you have that just real connection mm-hmm. with another human being. Yeah. Wow. Did you guys hear how Jeff just set that last question up so well? For those of you who know what the sixth question is, I'm lighting up like a goddamn Christmas tree right now. The sixth and final question. I thought that was the last one. The sixth and final question, Jeffrey, is... When do you feel like your most authentic self? Mm. Oh man, these questions get like harder and harder. (laughs) Um, Like what situation or what people? Anything? When do you you feel feel like your most authentic self? When I'm when I'm one on one, I think with people. Um, definitely. I mean, with, with my girlfriend, I definitely feel like my genuine authentic self, um, with a handful of different people. Unfortunately, they're live in other States, but you know, close friends that like I can, you know, really talk to and, and express anything to, um, so with them and Yeah. 
those people that really know you and see you, you can be... Yeah, you can just all the walls come down. Ah, fuck. <laughs> yeah. yes, oh, yes. I didn't want to say it. We but. did it. We fucking did it. We got it. That's it. That's, That's how you it. end it right there. Hit record off. Um, thank you so much for doing yeah, this, Jeffrey. Thank you. It was awesome. Uh, like I was saying to you in between, and I say this a lot, but I guess it's just the nature of it that I feel like we could have, do like two or three more hours on. Oh, yeah just yeah. different pieces of this, but I really appreciate you coming. And, uh, you know, even though Mike wasn't here, I don't know. I know that was the real reason you want to come was to meet Mike, but <laughs> it was it. actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you for doing this with me. And, um, is there anything you want to like a concept or I know you're not like dropping an album, but like anything you want to plug or anything, well, <laughs> anything actually. I want to plug anything, anything you want. Um, the only thing that comes to mind is, well, I want to say, you know, everyone should love and accept everyone. Yes. Um, uh, but, uh, oh, my, my sister-in-law owns a pretty pretty cool salon in the East Village called Headdress. So yeah. I'd, I'd plug that because it's, right. it's pretty, I've been there three or four years. Um, it's a great place. A lot, of, a lot of feminists there, a lot of good, pe- like, good people. Um, yeah, it's a cool place. Nice. So, yeah. Headdress? That's all like headdress. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Um, and as always, um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, please, you know, if you feel like it, give us a review, rate us, subscribe. Uh, most importantly, <laughs> most importantly, don't go to our Instagram because there is nothing on it. It doesn't even, it's not even worth mentioning. Um, but no, most importantly, if you do like us, just post about an episode on your social media. I mean, that's really where we've gotten new listeners and stuff. It's from people just posting and telling their friends because we think it's an interesting message and we want more people to talk about it. And again, if you want to, uh, especially if you live in the New York area, we are still trying to figure out how to do, we have a weird setup. We don't use a normal mixer. So I call in stuff is difficult, but we're trying to figure it out for guests. Mm -hmm. I know. Um, but if you do want to be on the show or, you know, someone, Email us at wallsdownpodcasts at gmail.com or just questions or anything you have for us. Um, I think that's it. Uh, yeah. Thanks again, Jeffrey. Yeah. Thank you. And everybody, thank you for listening. And we'll be back in a couple weeks. Hey.